0: And welcome to the first episode of TV Yearbook, a podcast where three regular guys from the Midwest look at the best and worst episode of TV classics from the 1980s and on. I am your first co-host, James. I'm your second co-host, Greg.
1: And I am your third and final co-host, Dom. And just so we're clear, we don't have any experience in anything related to television (laughs) or podcasting or really any of this. We're just a couple of dudes that like TV, and Greg happens to really like craft sodas. Sure do, Dom. So, TV yearbook, much like our high school yearbooks, we're going to be handing out awards for the best and the worst. For example, you might have had the best laugh in high school, or you might have had the worst spacing between your eyebrows, stuff like that, okay? So we're looking at episodes (laughs) of the best and the worst of different popular television series that aired sometime during our lifetime
2: so here's how it works before each podcast one of the three of us is going to pick a tv show and we'll all watch the best episode and the worst episode of the series and then we'll talk about them right here on this podcast and our first post-1980 classic television series ran from 1982 to 1986 James picked this one and determined the two episodes that were considered the best and the worst, respectively, and today we're going to discuss the classic TV hit, Knight Rider.
1: Knight Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man
0: who does not exist. champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless, in the world of criminals who operate above the law. So, a little background, the man who does not exist is Detective Lieutenant Michael Arthur Long. So if you're not familiar with the show, uh, this is at the very first episode, he gets his face shot off presumed dead, and then a billionaire, Wilson Knight, like rescues him, gives him a new face, and tells him that his new name is Michael Knight. And this is, as we all know, is the Hoff. Is that how we're going to refer to him throughout the, the rest of this episode, as the Hoff, or should we say Michael Knight, or D. Hoff, I or Mr. Hasselhoff?
2: Mr. Hoff, Hasselhoff. David, yeah, Mr. Hasselhoff is probably yeah. going to be it. Dr. Hassel.
0: Okay, so the, well, then a little bit more history. So then, after he's given a new face, Wilson Knight, the billionaire, has his own kind of Justice League slash Shield agency called the Foundation for Law and Government, also known as Flag. Pretty clever. <laughs> and and I guess because uh, he got a new face, he basically forces Michael to be his new agent. Uh, to go out in his car, the Knight Industries 2000, or KIT, which is a technological marvel in the body of a Pontiac Firebird and with the voice of Mr. Feeney.
2: What's his KIT. real name?
0: William Daniels.
2: William Daniels. Ooh, yeah. I was yeah. looking up William yeah. Daniels. He is 91 years old now. Oh And my.
0: still going.
2: It's 2019. Going, he I is believe. 91 years old. That is... Almost ninety-two years old. So there's
0: still more hope for an extension of the Knight Rider series. Oh is yeah, this, is that what I'm hearing? He can make a comment. Or
2: combat. or grandson meets world. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Greg's referring right, so to the boy two, meets world.
0: There are two other characters: the head of flag, Devin Miles, played by Edward Molehair. Mm. That's like a good name. God, mm. that's a Edward Molehair. They don't is he the make names. <laughs> what
2: see the British guy yeah he's
0: the British guy it's always just on the television great and then Dr. Bonnie Barstow Barstow I don't really know Mm -hmm. uh played by Patricia McPherson Mm -hmm. so that's 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 what the show's about that's that's what we all remember
1: I just remembered a talking car and a smooth talking man that's what I remembered
0: Mr. Hasselhoff Mr. Everyone Yeah. yeah So uh, in this, we're looking at the best episode, uh, which is an episode titled Kit versus Car. K-A-R-R. So a little bit in terms of how I decided this was the best episode is I basically just went online and looked at the fandom and this was just the most popular regarded best episode. So a little bit of background here that we need to know is CAR stands for Night Automated Roving Robot. Very clever. They're really stretching for for all of these acronyms. A lot of acronyms acronyms in this one, yeah. But this is not the first time we've seen CAR. Uh, CAR first appeared in the first season, and um, Flag, along with Michael, a.k.a. Mr. Hasselhoff, and Kit, (laughs) thought that they had killed CAR but spoiler alert they didn't which
1: explains the opening of the show
0: yes well not quite oh okay and, well we can get to that a little bit later oh, okay okay but basically in the episode see they they manipulated car because see how kit the good car <laughs> mm-hmm. is programmed to protect humans mm-hmm. but car is programmed to protect himself
1: oh that's yeah. you could argue a very human trait
0: you could argue that. You you're correct, Dom. One one. Mark. Uh so in the earlier uh in season one when Carr first made his appearance, and, and by the way, in that episode in the first season, Carr was voiced by Optimus Prime. Same guy? Same guy.
2: The one we Whatever did watch. Name.
0: The one we did yes. Yes, the one we did not watch was Optimus Prime. This in this episode it wasn't Optimus Prime.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, thought so. uh, I thought so. But too. <laughs> basically,
0: Michael and Kit got into a game of chicken with Carr, and because Carr needs to save himself, ended up driving off a cliff and exploding into the ocean.
1: Well, that doesn't seem very protective of himself. <clears throat>
0: uh,. I don't know. I I
2: didn't watch it. That's just what happened. Okay. That's that's just what happened. (laughs) It's just what happened, Dom. Come on. So that's
0: all we really needed to know uh, for this. So why don't we just get right into the episode, Kit versus Car.
2: Great. Let's do it. So uh, I was watching this, and the last time I saw an episode of Knight Rider was probably... 25 years ago, I right. mean a rerun back in the early 90s, maybe late 80s. So I, I don't
0: think I ever watched an episode. Really? Why? Yeah, but John, I had the lunchbox.
2: Did you ever watch one?
1: I watched. I probably saw. I don't know if I ever saw a full episode, but like you, it had been, yeah, probably 25 years. And um, I remember loving the the car and just. But I really love Transformers more. I think mm-hmm. so. It was sort of like that crossover. Oh, this is this could be a transformer, but it never transformed. So then I probably stopped watching it after that.
2: The theme song is just so iconic. I know the oh, theme it's song. it's so good. And it's just it's so, so amazing. You hear that beginning, and it's just phenomenal. Radical. And it takes, it takes me back. But this episode starts with, with what I thought was a recap of what happened in prior episodes when I watched I it. I know. It felt very much it, like that, but no. It gave away like big parts of the show. It really did
0: it's it was a little yeah i was i was thrown off cuz i thought that was all background
2: mm-hmm. but then but this minute but is not a recap this is a preview of the episode you were about to watch with That's right. with some very important scenes
1: yeah it takes
2: you all the way to the end revealed
1: yeah, yeah 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 it's like previews i mean i i actually when i go to the movie theater i walk out during the previews now i don't watch them or i you know put in my earbuds i can't do it because i don't know if you've seen this, but this is happening now at the movies. They'll show you shots from the movie you're about to watch before it starts.
0: Well, this episode starts with a calming beachfront. uh, Waves. (laughs) Where we see our main uh, antagonist. Well, no, he's not the main ant. He's a supporting antagonist. Right. John. Who, I tell you, my favorite part of John was he was the anti- Hasselhoff. Absolutely. Okay. So you have David Hasselhoff who is missing his top three buttons to his shirt (laughs) and has hair poking out. That's right. But this guy, he's missing his sleeves. Yes. And his hair is poking out where his sleeves are. That's
2: right. Crawling up the shoulder. Yeah, I think I think you're being really, really conservative with your phrase "poking out." No, no, no. <laughs> he is the anti-Hasselhoff because, and I think uh, the metaphor is, you know, just like Kit versus Carr. You're right. Kit is uh, Kit, and Hasselhoff got the shoulder, got the chest hair, but Carr and John have the shoulder hair. This is not poking out. This is actual shoulder hair. That's
0: right. Yeah, it was It was quite and impressive. And tummy mm-hmm. hair, which
2: we can see quite nicely because as Hasselhoff is missing, you can see the skin above his sternum. For mm-hmm. John, you can see everything below his sternum because he's wearing <laughs> that shirt, which is awesome.
0: I have to believe they did this on purpose. Oh, yeah. Because later when John and Michael Knight meet up, Michael Knight comes in, he's wearing a leather jacket, and John is wearing a jean jacket. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just just had to be on purpose. But this is where we find car. So John is with a metal detector and his girlfriend, and the metal detector goes off, and that's where he's... It it goes off, but presumably because of the car, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. about 30 yards away.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Powerful metal detector. The most...
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the most delicate metal detector I've ever seen. Yeah. So then we he digs car out of... Buried under the sand. He digs them out. And this is where we figure out car's evil because he's yellow. Or the light is yellow. And
1: that's oh, the well, evil color. I didn't know yeah, that. He, what? So why
0: is that evil? I don't know. Because oh. it's not, Just not the red. color of Kit.
2: Different I guess. computer brain, I suppose. But we also Got have it. to realize... Uh, John is not alone. He has his lady friend, Mandy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Is that her name? Mandy, yeah.
0: I
1: forgot her name oh. already. Her
2: name uh, okay. yeah. is Mandy. And my I'll first question was, what is the age difference between these two? Later on, we figure out that Mandy's going to school. <laughs> I would have pegged John at, like, 34. Mandy, 20? And I didn't understand how it happened. It had to have been mm. the shoulder uh, hair. Yeah. I mean
0: it attracts that's, a certain it gets me every time. <laughs>
2: we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. I mean,
1: I think I was born in the wrong decade. I mean, that's I have enough body hair to if if that what is what attracts people to you and business owners to give you their businesses and and things like this, which happens later in the episode.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I would wear sleeveless t-shirts too, but when I put a sleeveless shirt on, children run away from me, so.
0: Well, d- Dad Bod's coming back. Oh. Dad bod it's 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 coming full circle. Good news oh,
2: about dang time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they dig they dig car out, John goes and and drives uh Mandy to work and that is where we get the roller girls. Mm.
2: My question about this entire episode is, what is the temperature? <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, Good Hasselhoff's question. got the hot leather jacket. These yeah. bikini girls are... Are on their roller skates? I mean, is it 50? Is it 90? Someone's (laughs) got to be uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) It's a very good question. It's a very good question.
0: Well, and it's where we get the iconic line where the roller girl, this is one of my favorite lines of this episode, was the girl skates over and says, Radical car.
1: (laughs) Radical car!
0: (laughs) And John, not... Knowing how to respond, I guess just bedazzled by her beauty, yeah, decides to say radical shorts.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all that needs to be said, right? I mean, I guess, yeah, I don't think he was well, looking he... at her shorts though. If you re- rewind that, but maybe,
0: well, I mean, yeah, he gave her a, a look see, so then he drives off, and then this is where we, Kit and Michael, learn that car is still alive. Mm.
2: And uh, I believe, uh, now that we have Hasselhoff on the scene, I believe he's going to get to interact with some of these roller skating bikini ladies too.
0: Mm. Oh, he does. He does, because he has to go into town. He's trying to track John down to to who has this car. And this is where Roller Girl makes her second appearance. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but I did, that... Her radical shorts have changed. <laughs> no, I, oh, that I missed days. that.
1: No.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Say more. They, apparently, they were too radical for public consumption. Oh, uh, that she had to change them. <laughs> I see.
2: I see. It was also fifty-six degrees out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Could have been another motivation.
0: And then this is where we learn about John's. He's having money troubles. Mm-hmm. Aren't we all? Well, not as bad as John. He's only working, making four dollars an hour
1: yeah
2: yeah working for Eddie, we get a new character, Eddie here he who's a minor character in this Eddie is uh Eddie is John's boss at the repair the boat repair shop, right yep yeah so by this point, John and Carr are having some conversations so John drops Mandy off and uh John eventually heads into work and hangs out with Eddie for a little while. But this is when Carr begins to tempt John, and he's trying to convince John that. Everything that his possible wildest dreams could ever conjure will come true if he pretty much just does car's bidding. But John does resist because John's curious at first about this car, but he starts finding out more and more. Car is offering money. At one point, car drives him by an ATM <laughs> and car manipulates it, hacks the ATM, and just 20s oh come gosh. flying out. Flying I
0: love that scene.
1: Amazing scene.
0: Well, I mean, just. For some reason, the writers just really wanted to, like, I don't know, stick it to old people. Oh, yeah. Of <laughs> just how worthless they are. He meets this Was old that woman the goal? who yeah.
2: cannot figure it
0: out.
1: The writers are aggressing against their uh, unfinished business, against their grandmothers.
0: I've never been to an ATM that one asked me for a nine-digit pin, date of birth, <laughs> and my mother's maiden name. <laughs>
1: I mean,
2: poor lady's like, I don't know what this is. My mother's been dead since 1914.
0: (laughs) As all this is happening, we're forgetting the other part, which is the roving semi truck auto garage. Yeah. That is, how is that not a thing right now?
1: Well, again, Mm -hmm. it has a Transformers feel to it. So I found that very
2: uh, appealing. Oh, I. I I felt, felt like a, a little Spy Hunter feel to it. Oh, yes, yes. That's all I could think of. Spy Hunter. And these were, these were real stunts. Yeah. I mean, these were real action scenes. The car's actually going in while the truck's moving. Amazing. None of this is CGI. How do I know? Oh, we see CGI later on in this episode. <laughs> and I use that term very liberally. We'll talk about that later, but... Um, when it comes to the car going into the roving uh, 18-wheeler. That's a real thing. Great.
1: That was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Easy to These see why scenes. this is the best episode.
2: Yeah. Oh,
0: full, full of action. Well, because they need some laser, right? They needed some laser to defeat Car, But because Car is always just one step ahead, ahead of everyone. Yeah. He, like, apparently the turbo boost button just makes your car... Just jump into Leap. the air. Oh, yeah. It just
2: leaps. Yeah.
0: Although, when, like, every time I felt like when Car said it, it was a little bit of a sexual overtone.
1: Oh, you caught that? You didn't? Wow. Well, I'm not saying when I, I did
2: turbo,
0: John. When press he's going turbo. in, he's like, press the turbo button. Press it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did brr, not get brr, that. Brr, that brr, has brr, brr, kind brr, of a sexual brr, assault brr, feel. Brr, press <laughs> it. Yeah. Press <laughs> it. Press it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I thought it was more the Emperor and, and Anakin Skywalker, you know, the... But, Do it. Yeah.
0: Press
2: it. Push
0: no. it. <laughs> turbo boost through the air right into the roving auto garage.
2: Yeah, you know, and we, to get to steal see Bonnie. Yeah, we get Bonnie and uh, what's his name? Devin. We get Bonnie and Devin who have gotten the laser for uh, Mr. Hasselhoff and Kit, mm-hmm. but instead, Carr... Is going to steal that laser, Impressive. the really powerful laser, and use it for his own powerful ends. So by this point, Carr is going to head back. He's going to head back to Eddie's place, right?
0: Yeah, and that's where Eddie uh, Eddie tries to rope them into a high-stakes armored car robbery. <laughs> he can't... Like, this is. <laughs> yeah. Eddie, you fix boats, and you care about the little guy. Well. But in your spare time, you're knocking over million-dollar armored cars. Yeah.
1: You got to keep the (laughs) bait-and-tackle shop going, you know? I
0: mean, he's a man of many talents. Yeah. He's done nothing but try to help John this entire episode. Yes. Through charity and honorable work. Yes. None of that works. No. And
2: out of nowhere, we're going to hit this armed vehicle. It's going to be great. (laughs) Yeah. Like flipping Hans in Frozen out of nowhere. (laughs) Just... Turns
1: turns on you, yeah. yeah. We can, uh, did not see that coming. Did not see did that coming. But,
0: but John doesn't want any part of it. No, John no.
1: Walks. So yeah,
0: man. Like I mean, John—he's a really good guy. He gives that old lady a bunch of money at the ATM. Yeah, he mm-hmm. spoke of earlier. Yeah,
1: someone else's money, the the bank.
0: But then all of a sudden, Carr gets into kidnapping.
2: Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: He gets Mandy.
1: Oh boy, yeah.
2: Yeah, so by this point, uh, Mr. Hasselhoff has been speaking with Mandy time and time because he's trying to track down John. He's trying to track down Carr. And so he gets to find out that um, Mandy and John have this relationship, finally gets more information about Carr from Mandy. But before he can get more information from Mandy, Carr rolls on up and, and, and kidnaps Mandy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. And why? There is no point... To any of it.
1: Well, he's trying to manipulate John still, and he's he's using. Why? He want. Apparently, he needs John for some reason.
0: What does he need John for?
2: Does Kit need the Hoff? It seems like I there's, there's some human well, element needed, that's right? The,
0: I would think like it needs a pilot, but Car and Kit can very well just drive themselves. So I don't really understand why a human operator is ever needed. But this is why I ask about John. So he manipulates John, gets him in the car. Yep. They drive to the armored car.
2: Hold on. After he tries to suffocate Mandy inside and by (laughs) heating up up the the car, turning up the car, (laughs) turning up the car, John, you must agree with me. And man, he's like, ah, just—it's—it's it's a pretty yeah. terrifying moment. She's
0: having having convulsions. Oh yeah, she is. That's a real. That's a heat real stroke. moment here. It got to 120 in the car.
1: Again, no CGI. That was all. Which would
0: also seem that was all real. Yeah, yeah. Those were all special practical effects. effects. But it would also seem like turning the heat up to like 140 would also be extremely detrimental to car as well. Potentially. Maybe. Potentially. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't want to protect himself.
2: Mm. we'll (laughs) we'll have to delve into that further
1: (laughs) it just it begs the question of you know any villain who thinks that they are acting in their own best interests but damaging the self with this outlandish behavior you know we just need to i think require some introspection from time to time
0: are you saying there's a deeper meaning
1: i'm saying there's always a deeper
0: meaning always so what is the meaning of the radical shorts and the tummy shirts
1: Oh, well, that is so. Let me let me just address that for a moment, okay? It, in the eighties, things were different, very different. For I don't know what happened, but the the aversion to body hair that seems at this point you're
0: back on this in
1: time. <laughs> at this point in time, projecting, you know, it seems right. It seems right that <laughs> body hair is gross, et cetera. Okay. But back then... We're mammals. We're, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so a nice, thick, luscious coat of body hair, why wouldn't you <laughs> want viewers to tune in? That's the way that you get them back then.
2: It doesn't need to be a coat, though. Or uh, does it? on this episode of Night Rider it needs to be a coat i mean did the casting call call for some serious shoulder hair did the actor Absolutely. playing john did he send in not headshots but shoulder shots <laughs> <laughs> i love the idea <laughs> of just Uh. like some casting directors with that big table (laughs) with all these pictures (laughs) spread out and nothing (laughs) nothing but male shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. no. And then they pick out John.
1: (laughs) He's the one. He is the one.
0: (laughs) You're about as much fun as a divorce, which is not a bad idea. I want custody of me. But, okay, back to the episode. If we can please not Talk about John's body here, <laughs> Go ahead. any any longer, unless unless we really need to get something off of our chest. Oh, see what I did? There. Oh. No, no, explain it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you when you're older. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't need John, so he gets in the armored car, drives himself, like sets the trap because ultimately the armored car is to lure Kit and Michael so that he can destroy them. He lets John and Mandy out for the big duel at the end. So no one's in the car. Car is driving himself around. Yeah. Why did he ever need John and Mandy?
1: I mean, it's the same question like why why does Kit, I mean, right? They why do why do these cars need an operator at all?
0: Then they go they turbo boost so that they're both in the air and I don't know how. Yeah. But then Kit just makes car (laughs) explode.
1: Into individual pieces.
0: (laughs) So many pieces and Kit is unscathed.
2: Not a dent, not a scratch. Impressive. Perfect 10 landing. Yeah. I think it was weakened by the laser that was deflected back into car.
1: That's right. That had to be what happened, right?
2: Yes. Um... Okay. Mr. Hasselhoff has been walking <laughs> around talking about, we need to get a fancy mirror. That's our only bet here. And so the, the, the car shoots, the laser car shoots the reflector at kit. The reflector goes up. It backfires at, at car, and it weakens him so that when they finally get in the air together, so they fly toward each other in the air using that turbo, press it, and they use that turbo. <laughs> and I couldn't help but feeling as these two cars were heading... Toward each other in the air. Have I seen this before? I was like, "Oh yeah, I did." The first ten seconds of this show, when I realized <laughs> you knew this was going this to was happen, going to happen
1: because oh. they told
2: me the end of the episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a
2: little but, unfulfilling for me.
0: But let's not. But what they did not show was the kicker at the very end. Carr has his own carry moment. Mm -hmm. Right. Where the computer is still flickering. Alive.
1: Alive. As
0: all of
2: his pieces are strewn on the beach. (laughs)
0: That's right. Right. Which turns out to be nothing because I don't think Carr ever makes an appearance in the series after that ever. Mm -mm. So it's a bunch of nothing.
2: A whole bunch of nothing. No, but they leave the door open.
0: They do. And that was the best episode.
1: And there there was a moment where the, I think it was Carr, was trying to get out of the garage and these metal doors went from perfect metal doors to... To balsa wood? <laughs> <Just like> <laughs> curtains. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they tried.
2: But I loved it. I loved the episode. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this episode, and I could see why people liked it so much.
0: I thought, I thought it was awesome.
2: Dom, did you like the episode? I loved the episode. I
0: thought,
1: especially a couple lines... I uh there was one scene where uh Kit says I'm a computer I can't get lost and it just <laughs> shuts shuts down Mr. Hasselhoff who I mean the you know the scrotum required to just shut down Mr. Hasselhoff in any way but Kit has got a lot of swag I love that and then the ATM scene if we can go back to that one when the old lady says the older you are the harder they make it and she just looked confused with the ATM. So from a C. Alice commercial, <laughs> she had no idea what she was previewing there with that line.
2: And I think along those lines, uh, I mean the, the the sexual innuendo throughout this show, I mean, is is pretty absurd. And I'll just talk about one one specific scene, uh, and this is all within fifty five seconds. Five things that happen. Number one, so Hasselhoff pulls into town. Hasselhoff says all sexy. Maybe I'll get lucky. Number one. <laughs> all right. When he gets out of the car. I don't... when he gets out of the car, the camera work to specifically show his crotch is quite oh, yeah. <laughs> is quite noticeable there.
1: I remember that. Yeah.
2: Number three. Number oh, three. Yeah. He gets out of the car. Those bikini ladies are scoping him out hard. Number Mm -hmm. four, he goes to talk to one of the bikini ladies, and she is enjoying that ice cream cone hard.
1: A little too much. And then
2: finally he walks into Mandy to go talk to Mandy, who was wearing a bikini at the time. Hasselhoff's putting his hands right in front of him and talking to her (laughs) in a real grabby sort of situation. And this is all within 58 seconds of show. Less than a minute, yeah. Everywhere. But that's kind of what the entire episode was about. It was the 80s, man.
1: That's the 80s. And Yendo.
2: I mean, in his defense, can he really help it? Uh, I sure don't think he can.
1: I don't think so. So That's part of the allure. I mean, you have to be able to investigate these criminal activities, and you have to get people to talk to you. Had he not had that hassle swag, then I don't know if Mandy opens up quite the same. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that another innuendo?
2: Everything's an innuendo.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Plenty
2: of sexual gusto, yes? Yeah. yeah. That was my high well. school band name. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the, uh, the episode here. And uh, if there, unless you have someone else to talk about, I think we should move uh, on to an award for this episode.
0: What award would you love to give? So
2: uh, we here uh, always like to give an award in each episode. We call it the Extra Mile Award. The Extra Mile is an award we give to an extra who's in the background of the scenes sometime during the episode who is either having a great time, who is either wittingly or unwittingly doing something awesome just uh, that we noticed in the background and they are just going, as we call it, the Extra Mile. The Extra we, Mile. So, uh, mm-hmm. gentlemen, who who do you are going to give the Extra Mile Award to for this episode?
0: Hey, Radical car
2: dude. Radical Shorts. Bye.
0: Bye. Uh, well, I don't know if I can give it to the... Ro- Roller Girl was always my first <laughs> choice. Yeah. I mean, she's in it two times. She's given a line. Uh, I mean, one of my favorite lines. <laughs> but...
2: Radical car.
0: I, the second time I watched, the second time I watched the episode, when Mandy is getting kidnapped, there's this little kid on a skateboard, and this is clearly his first time on a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> He's only in it for five seconds, and his hands are just. Up in the air, <laughs> trying to keep his balance Ugh. while he's pigeon hopping along on the skateboard.
1: <laughs> Maybe that was Tony Hawk at a young age, and and it takes a certain skill to look bad. Yeah, you know you're so good That's... that you're terrible.
2: So this was an uncredited roll for Tony Hawk? Most likely. We're just going to assume that. It was 8-year-old <laughs> Tony Hawk in 1985 or whatever. Assuming yeah.
1: That.
2: <laughs> to be honest, my, yeah. my Extra Mile Award is also transportation-related because the roller, the roller bikini ladies, they're having great fun. Uh, the skateboard yeah. kid, having great fun. But let's, <laughs> let's not forget so many dudes on bicycles. And these dudes oh. on bicycles—they are Didn't even wearing that. the shortest of shorts that you can possibly imagine. And because yes. they're on bicycles, it looks like they're pantsless.
1: Just the <laughs> they're straddling
2: the— They're just—they're just ro- rolling through, and it's like no one has any pants yeah. on at all because of the. Everyone's of wearing bike. bikinis. Bikinis. Yeah. Pantsless. So my my extra mile goes to the gentlemen—not <laughs> one, several gentlemen who hop on a bike, basically wearing Daisy Dukes and just. And just rocket it. They were just
0: daring the public they, to take mm-hmm. a look.
2: So that would be uh, my I extra extra award.
0: I mean, if you're going to be an extra, you, you got to make a statement. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and, and, which is why my nomination is for the chest hair, as we've already covered.
2: <laughs> just wow. the hair by itself.
0: <laughs> the hair by itself. The
1: chest hair gets my nod.
2: All right.
0: I'm so glad you guys noticed that. I was <laughs> just scared, like, I'm going to be the only one no. that sees this. No, James, you're not alone. In its majesty. It was
1: majestic.
0: Well, let's talk about the worst episode, mm. which is called Night Song. Night. Season four, episode 11. And I'm going to need your help to get through this because it took me multiple viewings to watch this episode in its entirety.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Spoiler alert. It's garbage. <laughs> which I don't know why I'm surprised this this is considered by many the worst episode of the series. Now I will say in trying to figure out what the worst one was, there were a lot of like going on the message boards and looking what's out there. people are divided on what the worst episode was, mm. which maybe says something about this series in its entirety okay But this was the most common one. Um, and really, the only thing that we need to know going into it, again, the intro is like giving everything away. Yeah, that we know there's going to be some kind of West Side Story showdown between some blind guy and a group of thugs. <laughs> and we get a new character who's named R C Three, Reginald Cornelius the Third. Uh, who apparently was a vigilante known as the Street Avenger who was cleaning up Chicago. And in an earlier episode in the season, he helped rebuild Kit. So that's like his importance. He's he's like a main character now as a part of the show. Um, I mean, as much as you can believe that someone named Reginald Cornelius III is a street vigilante (laughs) in the ghetto of Chicago...
1: Well, we, we know, know that the streets of Chicago needed a, a vigilante, so it makes sense I suppose
0: so. from that angle. It does make sense. Yeah. Well, it opens up the episode with a lot of footage really wanting you to know it's in Chicago. Mm. Yes. I, I feel one of the ways we know this was the worst episode was like, the they were just trying to bide their time. <laughs> we need to fill 48 minutes let's just give an extra minute of chicago footage yeah
2: and meanwhile the family matters theme song is playing in my head
0: (laughs) (laughs) of the two episodes very early on we get to my favorite moment ever i watched i watched this moment i rewinded Rewound? Yep. What's the word? I think
1: Rewound fits, yeah.
0: I rewound the episode (laughs) multiple times just so I could watch this moment. It's at the seven-minute mark. So there's this blind guy playing the piano. Charlie
1: Connors, yeah.
0: Charlie Connors.
1: Yep. The white Ray Charles, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Or Stevie Wonder. I can't tell where they were going exactly, but
0: wow. He's playing a song, and then the four thugs walk in. And they just start beating the hell out of people. Well, it's really just this old guy who's with Charlie.
1: Yeah, the owner of the club.
0: That's the owner of the club. And I
1: think these are more goons than thugs, personally. Goons? I think goons. Goons probably
0: makes, uh, yeah, goons is a good descriptor. So these goons start beating the hell out of Josh, the old man, right? They're leaving the blind guy alone, which is good. But then in all the commotion, Charlie screams out, where are you? make some noise <laughs> because he wants to help Josh. Yeah. And while he's yelling that Josh is getting his ass yeah, beat. Yeah. He's
1: getting pummeled by the goons.
0: You don't need him to make noise. He's screaming in agony. Yeah. Well, just follow the sound.
1: There's a oh lot of noise going on. A lot of commotion. They were, cause meanwhile, they're also trashing the club. <laughs> Right, oh, they're not just feeding him up. And that one
0: guy up. who like clearly did a line of cocaine before he trashed the bar.
2: <laughs> he was having a great time. Like, that was his was. moment.
0: Yeah. He had been waiting all week for that moment. Oh my gosh, he was like the Tasmanian devil.
2: Yeah, the smiles yeah. on that guy when he wrecked the alcohol. <laughs> he was having a great time. I mean, I
0: mean for that was at the seven-minute mark. This all this happened like around the seven-minute mark. This is. A pretty terrible episode, but just for that moment, it's worth watching. Need to watch, yeah.
2: So what we have here at the beginning of the episode is this uh, this rundown neighborhood in Chicago, and uh, there is a theater there. Uh, I, I'm guessing an old theater from maybe the 1920s that has some history to it, that has some tradition to it, that has some neighborhood pride to it, and Charlie Connors is this uh, blind singer. Charlie's, the actor's name is Tom Sullivan. He actually is blind, mm. And uh and so Charlie Connors is Wait, that, this the uh, guy who's the actor is actually blind?
1: He actually is. Wow. Yeah. No, I would never have guessed that.
2: No, he's I, not. I did some research here. Tom was given too much oxygen while in an incubator when he was born in 1947. Wow. The oxygen saved his life but it cost him his eyesight. Wow. According to a certain movie database website. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So yeah, Tom Sullivan is uh, is playing the piano. He's sounding actually. I really don't think he has a good voice, to be honest. I don't. It seemed like he was lip syncing too. I I have no idea if it was an extra voice. I didn't research that hard. But uh, and so his good friend who owns the club is is Josh, right? Yes, Josh. And the, and then these street toughs come in. They beat up Josh. Charlie, help! Help! <laughs> Where are you? Make some noise, Josh.
1: <laughs> Make some and,
2: noise. Uh, and then they leave, uh, and right as they leave, Kit and uh, David Hasselhoff and our good friend RC three, RC three, RG three, no RC three, Cornelius, yeah. <laughs> yes RC three, uh, come rolling around the corner just in time for Kit to take a couple of pictures of the street goons as they leave, and they run in. They see Josh lying on the ground. They check his pulse, and to be clear, I've never seen this episode. The way that R.C. the Third was hanging out, checking the pulse of Josh, I thought he was dead. Mm. I thought he was dead. He was, like, holding his pulse for a long time, checking it, and looking really concerned. I thought he was out and that this episode was going to be about defending Charlie.
1: Maybe he did die. He may have died and was brought back in that moment.
0: That seems like something that should have been, played a bigger part in the episode.
2: Perhaps. Maybe
1: they were leaving it open for the, the spinoff.
2: Hasselhoff, uh, maybe somewhat uh, politically incorrectly, says, Did you see anything to the blind guy? And he says, If you I remember that. the blind, oh. I only see voices.
1: Uh. <laughs> oh, what writing? Oh, man. Uh.
0: I remember that line I only see voices yeah. but mm-hmm.
1: did you see anything
2: So we find out that the the guy in charge of these uh, these goons is Keith Lawson Keith Lawson
1: What Keith a name Lawson. What a name for a and, villain
2: And Josh is not going to the cops because Hasselhoff's like dude we got to call Carl Winslow but he's like no no, no cops no, no cops, cops. No cop.
0: these, You got to you got to want it You got to want it The this people is... of the city got to want
2: justice in the city I'm not sure what you must fight to survive.
0: I mean, I I didn't quite understand. I mean, he had his whole speech about victims and survivors, and he wants to make them survivors, and they got to stand up. I mean, it's just cause calling out for just vigilante justice. Yeah.
1: I mean, can we talk about Keith, the actor? Yeah, let's talk about Keith. I mean,
0: um, wow, what he was really trying to be tough. Yeah.
1: And that chin. I mean, it seems like there's another <laughs> there's another brain inside the chin that or that was his absorbed I, 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 my my hypothesis is that maybe there's a chin tumor and that's why he's so evil, because it just does not look right. None of it looks right.
2: Yeah, Keith's an interesting figure, because when uh, when R.C. hears, oh, Keith Lawson, he's like, nah, Keith Lawson not would never do that. He's a good guy. We go back. We go way back, and it only takes about four seconds for RC to figure out. Oh, he's Keith's not a good a guy anymore. Nope. There's not yep. even there's not even a little like well, you know, some trickery here. Mm-mm. And and I guess I admire the honesty from Keith.
0: Well, and then we come back to the club, and um, apparently there's this R and B acapella. Oh yeah, hip hop group.
1: They're very organic group. <laughs> yeah,
0: boys with to men, really just boys. And dusters, uh-huh. just singing around the piano. Yeah. And then when it's time to get to work, uh, Charlie sends the boys out to sweep the sidewalk.
2: As as these as these four African American teens are dancing with brooms around the piano, <laughs> uh, in what can only be described as. <laughs> Early R&B. Er- <laughs> <laughs> all I can say this is this was I, the birth of R&B. Uh-huh. Baby. I yeah. suppose so. Might be. I feel like I feel like the writers of the show were tasked with, all right, you need to figure out what it's like on the streets of Chicago if you're a musician, and mm. then they popped in a videotape of Orphan Annie and the musical. <laughs> <laughs> And then they looked up Chicago in the encyclopedia and they're like, this is what it is. <laughs> That's Because <disgusting. laughs> it yeah. was absurd.
0: Yeah. Well, it's another example of the writers just trying to fill time. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, their villain is a is an evil realtor. So, uh, uh, did I say that right? Is it realtor or realtor?
2: Uh, I, I loved the way you said it the first. Realtor, I loved the way you say yeah. everything. Because it's
1: like scalator.
0: They have, they have 25 minutes worth of story. And, I mean, right now, Kit has done nothing. He's not even in it. Kit, Kit has done absolutely nothing. Because uh, even when Hasselhoff goes to the office...
2: Kit's, Kit's done one thing. Come on. What Kit do you do? Kit has laid down an excellent rhythm for these four <laughs> young gentlemen. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's calm down on saying Kit's not That's doing true. anything.
0: When... When they were sent out to clean the sidewalk, they got distracted and started singing with Kit. Okay, but
1: how can you be a robot and have a voice and not be able to sing but provide percussion? It just doesn't make sense to me. He can't sing?
0: Kit, he is auto tuned.
1: So he should be able to sing perfectly.
0: He can scan two city blocks without a camera, but he can't auto tune a pitch.
2: Makes no sense.
1: Not believable at all.
2: As Kit is still helping the youth of Chicago, as he said, quotes in there, I can only think that the writers of Boy Meets World saw this episode and only this episode and said, he needs to be the principal. (laughs) Let's
1: make that voice (laughs) the principal in our show. Absolutely. He
2: has has helped the youth before. That's why. Yeah. Be able to do so again. That's a
1: good job finding the thread there, Greg.
0: Well, this sets up the only real, like the first bit of action doesn't really come in until 25 minutes into the episode. Mm. Other than that first little when, fight, yeah. When Hasselhoff goes to and confronts Keith Lawson, and again, and in my opinion, over-sexualizes with the line, quote, I'm looking to move in on you. Oh,
1: yeah. Or is it realtor humor?
0: It <laughs> <laughs> could be. It could be.
2: I took it sexually. Followed quickly you by, would. I'm going to push you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then there's a stunt jump out the window, which I thought was actually very good.
0: But we are also forgetting the most important part of this. While Hasselhoff is in the office doing his work with Keith Lawson, (laughs) Charlie is being driven around the city blocked by Kit, just joyriding. And they're just making blind jokes
2: (laughs) every 15 seconds.
0: It's like action. With Hasselhoff and Keith Lawson, quick, cut away. Let's remind everyone that there's a blind guy driving the car. And then back to the action 20 seconds later. Hey, we need to remind everybody there's a blind guy in a car who keeps passing the same police officer over <laughs> and over and over. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the set street. Oh, yeah. In this episode. They were not bothering with anything. They didn't even bother to change the signs because when they're pulling up in the office, you can see the theater where Charlie and Josh got their asses kicked.
1: Right next door. (laughs)
2: It's just just down the block. They're just right around the corner.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it does not look like a rough neighborhood in Chicago. Can we just be clear about that?
2: And that's because that's uh, Keith Lawson's deal. He wants to gentrify the neighborhood, you know, buy out all the old property and make it fancy. It's a gentrification thing that he wants to do sure. to this older, traditional neighborhood. And uh, Hasselhoff confronts him. And there's a, uh, I enjoy the fight scene in the hallway where oh, yeah. where the Hoff uh, ultimately has to retreat and jump out the window. Jumps
0: out the window. That was cool. Like that. Is that
2: four stories onto the top of a random truck?
0: And he sticks he the does. landing on that truck. Impeccable. Yeah, four stories lands on his feet, and just hops right off through the sunroof of Kit and
2: just a off. real Mary Lou Retton to use nineteen eighty four yeah. terms. Uh, that was
1: that was my highlight of the episode.
2: Yeah, it was a good window jump. window jump. Yeah, yeah. The the stuntman yeah. with the wig looked great. <laughs> the wig.
1: <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that wasn't the Hass? Just you know, I don't know. Looked He's like athletic. a stuntman
0: to me. He's
2: athletic.
0: you see what I
2: see? It appears to be a large... My goodness. Large isn't the word. It's enormous.
0: Okay, so next is when, like, Josh kind of explains that, like, there's this blockbusting operation going on that, like, someone is buying all this stuff, and then we learn that it's this Sanford character... Uh, who turns out to yeah. to be this woman, um, which was, you know, they set it up that it was like this evil guy, and then it turns out to be a woman. And, of course, Hasselhoff, like he's just the man for the job. Obviously.
2: Goes right up to her I mean, and tells her the business.
0: Yeah, and then Keith gets confronted by RC, mm-hmm. and RC gets his ass beat, too. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: I mean, they're all losing. Everyone is losing a fight. And this was this was also setting up my other favorite part. So, we get back to the club. It's Hasselhoff, it's Josh, it's RC. They're all beat to hell. And then that's when that's when Michael Knight comes up with his plan of we're going to meet muscle with muscle. And then he like asks if this neighborhood has the guts. Mm. Right? And Josh and RC just, you know, get their underwear up their butt and they're like, you want to go to war with this town? Hey, if anyone in my family said that to someone in my family, you'll be looking up at size 12 or something like that. <laughs> like it's just like, how dare you? Which is like, yeah. And then the next scene, they get that group of people, which is like 30 people. Yeah, And one woman has a support dog with her. Oh, like,
2: I didn't notice that.
0: They've built up, like, we're going to gather this army, yeah. and it's like 25 It people. was supposed
1: to be the Gangs of New York moment, right? Or the, the, yeah. Or the West Side Story, you know.
0: And they just went and got all the people watching daytime
2: television.
1: Right, I saw a guy with this medium t-shirt, and he was not that <laughs> threatening.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Just the regular townspeople here. Meanwhile, uh, our old friend Keith Lawson, who really wants to make this neighborhood deal work. The problem is, after Hasselhoff apparently effectively goes talking to Miss Sanford, Miss Sanford's basically like, Look, Keith, I want out. I want out. You have one day to get this job done to force these people oh, yeah. to sell and everything. And so at that point, Keith has the clock running on him, which means
0: it's setting the climax. It of is. The episode. Which
2: means, and. And Miss San oh, and and the they're sitting in the back of the limo, and Miss Sanford basically shuts down Keith. Keith takes his arm, is ready to punch Miss Sanford, and she's like, <laughs> Don't even think about it. And then he pulls his fist back and she's like, I've dealt with street toughs before. Like, oh clearly. And he just clearly she backs has. off Keith is out, so now he has to make a decision to destroy the theater completely. He gets his goons. uh, They're showing up in cars. He's got himself a garbage truck. Kit
0: still has done nothing but be a jukebox for this entire episode.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a waste.
1: It's a waste of a character.
0: Yeah,
2: he's a real potted plant in this one.
0: Yeah, so they come in. The neighborhood is up on the rooftops ready to hurl objects, garbage, down upon Assorted these
2: Assorted
0: fruits. <laughs> Assorted fruits and vegetables. And they start throwing trash cans. They start throwing heads of lettuce. And then this one person grabs this long piece of paper and just throws it into <laughs> the alley.
2: From the rooftops to stop these cars. From
0: the rooftops. As this paper gently floats down. I can only think that person was thinking to themselves, this'll take <laughs> <me."> <laughs>
1: it's beautiful. It's so beautiful.
0: Uh, but the neighborhood they stop. They stop the goons. So then Keith decides to take matters into his own hands and drive the garbage truck into the club. He is ready to demolish a building and this garbage truck. Hasselhoff and Kit all they do is just drive in front of it and he veers out of the way.
2: Yeah. What? You saw that what? previous episode where car got destroyed. It's like No. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: didn't want any part of that <laughs> laser.
2: He uh, now uh, the the really really happy goon that really destroyed all the alcohol in the bar with <laughs> with, with with cocaine delight. He's like sitting next to him, <laughs> Keith lost in the other of the garbage can, and he's like, "Keith, what if these people get in the way?" And he's basically like, "We're going to crush them." Is Keith planning on murdering people?
1: I believe in, he is. The entire is town.
0: He, yeah. he is planning on murdering the entire town. Yeah,
1: he has really he it he reached the breaking Man, point there. I, again, I think it's it's the chin tumor. <laughs> yeah, that has to be the only explanation for that kind of He
0: he realizes that he he's on a clock. Yeah. He doesn't have much longer to live. But then uh crisis is averted and we're outside the club again and I noticed that yet another person on roller yeah. skates. Oh. I did as well. Like I think I, Oh. There's you, you got to have someone on roller skates.
2: I can only assume. Apparently.
0: After kit versus car, I I was like, I, I could watch more of this. I really loved that, like like that episode. But after this episode...
2: It'd be tough, wouldn't it?
0: I don't want to Gentlemen,
2: did it. you, uh, in this final uh, Anchorman-style fight scene, which had a certain feel to it...
0: <laughs> Pieces uh, of wood, uh, <laughs> at, yeah. At
2: one point, I mean, it really looked like the Channel 8 News team just really, really ready to get it after did. it. It um, did. <laughs> did you notice uh, some certain things that people were carrying? James, you had mentioned the piece of paper being flung off the roof. But did you notice anything that some of some specific items that people had?
0: It looked like one guy was very excitedly wielding like a dog pooper scooper. Oh, I, I, didn't see I did that not one. see that. Oh, he <laughs> was like waving uh... it in the air while everyone was like slowly, calmly, like converging on the group. This guy is just I that. wielding this little tiny shovel. <laughs> it's
2: nobody's business. Uh, I noticed one guy had a kayak paddle. Oh, which I thought was great. <laughs> and oh, and like after the scene is done, and after uh, like Hoff is standing off with Keith Lawson here, the guy right next to Hasselhoff, he is holding a giant fire axe.
1: Oh, I mean
2: six feet long. Wow. Okay. And yeah. and this guy saying it
0: escalated quickly. Ready,
2: <laughs> ready to go.
1: I I am really surprised that was an actual singer, uh, the blind Charlie character. Um, just that opening song was not comfortable to listen to for me. So if that <laughs> was is not. a true musician, then I don't know how they selected that sample of his abilities, but that was poorly done. It was bad. It was really bad. It was really bad. And I... I agree that having Kit just as a byproduct to the the plot was, you know, just kind of a bummer.
0: It defeats the purpose of the whole premise of the show. Right. That you have this magical, technologically advanced car and all he does is play music. Yeah.
2: I don't know guys. I kind of like the episode is something that someone with terrible taste would say. And uh <laughs> well, I think uh I think I think I have to agree with you gentlemen because this was uh this was pretty rough. This was a pretty rough episode. Kid versus car beats night singer hands down in every single way because
0: oh the the divide between the two is it's gigantic. it's
1: significant it, it is. is
2: the yeah. gap between the best that we've seen and the worst is is very very large in this particular case mm-hmm. and not that there wasn't cheesy stuff in the first episode there was oh yeah but it was but I just enjoyed the flow I enjoyed the actual story background stuff was kind of funny too but but mm-hmm. it was the 80s it's a different time
0: and i have to i don't remember I mean, most of the things I watched in the '80s were like cartoons and kids shows, but I was really thrown off at just how campy <laughs> '80s TV was. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just amazed on how did how did we as people like think that this was good?
1: It was a different era, James. You know, um, it was oh. a different era. But we're gonna keep going with this reviewing some other shows and i think we'll we will see more of this era
2: yeah more in the 80s and plus but keep in mind just to just to bring a historical thought to it because uh, think if like what what year was this from 1985 1986
1: right yeah somewhere in there
2: think about the kid people who are watching the show let's just be generous and say it's 15 year olds who are watching they're born in 1970 which means they mm-hmm. were five and ten it was 1975 to 1980 there are no other stations nbc abc cbs that's who uh-huh. you watch on TV. Uh-huh. ESPN is kind of coming soon. USA might be coming soon. TBS might be coming soon. But I mean, these are the stations. So why is it so campy? Because Hollywood could get away with it.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
2: That's a good point. What else do they know? And That's a good what, point. what are people going to do? Watch something else? They can't. Yeah.
1: They can't. <laughs> they can do whatever they want.
0: <laughs> they can't. Greg, you're so smart. At oh. all. Uh, that's a good point. That's
2: so good. The uh, the real question here for the second episode is, guys, did you find yourself an extra mile award? Sorry. How's that? A little higher. Oh, no, lower.
1: A stop. Oh, that's it. I, I got to get out of here. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys caught, but the, there's a paper salesman. Uh, street corner that you happen to see, and the first time it was no. very, very quick. And the thought is, now was that a child, or is that a very short man? Yes. And then it comes back oh. around, <laughs> and I'm not sure. I'm not sure the appropriate term, but a little person. He is a little was, person. Yeah, was selling was selling papers on the corner of Chicago in 1985, and um, that would be my award winner. He didn't have any lines. Uh, but he made his presence known and made you want to watch again to and make I believe, sure.
2: Yes, and I believe he was hoisted at the end. I think he uh, might have been hoisted. And that yeah. way I got a Rudy style. Yeah. good look at yeah. his face. You're like, that's a grown-up.
1: It just makes you wonder about his story. You know, How did he end up there? Why is he selling papers? Et yeah.
2: I did not wonder those
0: things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who's your, who's your I, nomination here? I didn't have one. Uh, I
0: couldn't – I could. I struggled so much to follow the episode because everything about this episode, it was forced and just contrived and (laughs) just unnecessary at so many elements. There were so many times like the camera would just linger for an extra three, five seconds because they don't know
2: what else to do. They need to fill the time. What do you think, Greg? So I did have an extra mile award And uh, it's the background cop. First off, he is incredibly blonde. He is so very, very blonde. But that's not the biggest thing. Uh, We saw two episodes with two different cops. The first episode, uh, David Hasselhoff, uh, Kit gets mistaken for Carr in the first episode we watched. And so Kit gets pulled over by this cop. Mm-hmm. And Hasselhoff gets out of the car. It's not me. There's an identical car just like mine that was speeding. <laughs>
1: right. And it's not this car.
2: <laughs> there is no nonsense. He is cuffed. And later on, we see him <laughs> getting bail. And that cop was was hardcore. And he was, he no was nonsense. doing his no nonsense at all. Also, that cop in the first episode, actually, when he was arresting David Hasselhoff, he was definitely copping a feel of the chest hair. I saw it. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first one uh, it was the 80's of the, of the second one the second cop here he sees Kit going around the block again and again the first thing he says, you can't double park there and so Charlie gets in the driver's seat I have an idea, and he starts joyriding and Kit goes around again and again and again and all the while this cop who has a gun seems so <laughs> flustered What do I do? He has a radio. He has a gun. And he is just really uh, having a great time being as befuddled as he possibly can. Like, oh, there's a car that's speeding. They didn't teach me this in the academy.
0: Yeah, he was definitely channeling his inner Don nuts. Yes,
2: he was. All right. So I I really enjoyed uh, that police officer's character in in this episode. But overall, no, it was not a good show. No. Episode. Overall, I like the show, though. I think it's a fun show. I'm
1: going to go back and watch some more.
2: Yeah, I think I might do do that as well. Put it on the cube.
0: Yeah. There were some episodes that were in the running for best episode that I would be willing to go back and look at. Yeah. But there's not many of them. Night Song, I... I would have thought... That was tough. (laughs) That was a lot of time that I would get back.
2: (laughs) I would have thought that... They could have spent the money to make a better episode because they were saving money on the half shirts that, you know, R.C. was wearing <laughs> that he ste- clearly stole from John in the first show.
0: The money saved in the costume department could have been put into. Although the it's possible, <laughs> it's con-
1: it's conceivable that some of that money will be spent on chest hair implants for certain characters uh, to keep that looking <laughs> lush. Well shall we turn our attention to next week? Yeah. The next episode. What is
0: our next what is our next show?
1: So you'll got you you're really gonna like this. It's gonna be Magnum P. I, which is a show mm. I never have seen an episode on, okay? But I've done a little research. Reynolds. Okay, and so we have <laughs> Oh no, we Not have we have Tom Selleck. It's uh, hard to keep them straight, you know, they're very similar. And uh,
0: Tom Selleck, the same one from Quigley down under
1: the very same. And and did you know, Okay, this is something Tom Selleck was slotted to be Indiana Jones in the first movie, but his contractual Mm. obligation to do Magnum P.I. prevented him from fulfilling that uh, taking that. So, of course, it goes to Harrison Ford famously. That sucks. So think about that. Yeah. And then there was a strike. There ended up being a strike that year. And he actually could have done the shooting had he known that, of course, there'd be a strike. Oh. And so he he just did not. So Magnum P.I. was what he did instead of in the Indiana Jones trilogy. I'm not going to talk about the fourth movie. And uh, so anyway, so here's the premise of the show. So Magnum P.I. is a Vietnam veteran. And uh, he has a certain uh, skill set. P.I. stands for?
2: Private investigator?
1: Yes, indeed. Don't call him a private eye, though. Private investigator. So he lives on the estate of a wealthy author who is voiced by none other than Orson Welles a few times in the series. Uh, Voice
0: so we never see this You don't see
1: this character, right? So he lives on the estate in a guest house, uh, a la Cato Kaelin, right? (laughs) In Hawaii. In Hawaii, right? And he is, uh, there's a head of security who is, kind of plays his, You know the opposite character. He's the this head of security is a former British Army officer who is charged with protecting this estate, and he has some other odd jobs around the island to to see. And Magnum is the uh, there on the guest house is kind of his muscle. But Magnum is very Type B. There's also going to be a lot of chest here, so just to prepare you for that, and uh, and a mustache, a great mustache. Mm. So we're going to watch... Uh,
0: so another 1980s action show with extensive use of body hair.
1: The, you got it exactly right. I'm
0: de- I'm detecting a theme. Yes,
1: yeah. So I think actually Knight Rider and Magnum P.I. were... Maybe they had some crossover producers uh, that were involved with both. So there's going to be some elements that are, are fairly similar, which you'll pick okay. up on. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Well,
0: I've never seen... I have never seen a single episode of. I'm pretty
1: sure I have not either. All right, so we're going in this together.